Hello, you're listening to the Health Disparities podcast from Movement is Life, conversations about health disparities with people who are working to eliminate them. I'm Rolf Taylor, and today I'm discussing health disparities and the importance of education and awareness with uh, Tammy Huff, um, who is a orthopedic surgeon in uh, Columbus, Georgia, at the, uh, tell me, which institution is it? St. Francis Orthopedic Institute in Columbus, Georgia. Fantastic. So thank you. And it's great to have you here, Tammy. I've, um, I've uh, been lucky enough to see um, quite a few of your presentations now at uh, Operation Change events. So it's, it's, a, it's a real pleasure to, uh, to have the chance to talk to you a little bit more in depth about, uh, about your approach. Um, and you're a little bit of a unicorn, aren't you, when it comes to orthopedics? Tell us about that. Um, a bit, <laughs> of course. So in orthopedics, um, out of the surgical subspecialties, we probably have the um, smallest number of, Afri- of women in particular in orthopedics. Um, we make up about less than 10%, well, 10 to 15% of practicing orthopedic surgeons. And I'm an African-American female, so we are even smaller number. But um, we're small, but mighty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really um, a close-knit group, to be quite honest. Uh-huh. And how did how did you make that choice to go into orthopedics? It's obviously it's a it's an unusual choice, but it's great that you're blazing that trail. Well, um, you can blame me on my mom. Um, she is um, not in the medical profession at all, but growing up, we worked with our hands a whole lot. So even though she's an accountant by trade, um, we actually built houses and uh, laid tile. And she actually is a very good um, carpenter. So I grew up doing all those things and had a chance injury when I was in, like, gosh, in middle school. And that was the first time I was exposed to orthopedics. And it was a family friend that was actually my doctor and let me go into the operating room. And they had all the same tools that my mom had. I was like, okay, I'm sold. I can do this. <laughs> and That's I actually wanted incredible. to do it ever since then. So you were raised in an artisanal family <laughs> with carpentry tools. And so... When you saw that uh, professionally, you were, you were at home right away. Yeah, that was like, this is, I, I still, I mean, I keep tools in my car. I keep a drill and uh-huh. <laughs> stuff around, so that's what we do. <laughs> so now you're, you've been practicing for how long as a surgeon? Um, so out, since training, us, I'm now in my fifth year mm-hmm. since training. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and how many procedures would you do in a, in a usual week? Goodness, um, so I mostly do hip and knee replacements, so I... I normally operate on any given day on about four to five total joints, and then I still do some call cases, so it just depends from there. So anywhere altogether from up to seven, eight, in addition to whatever clinic cases I take care of. Fantastic. Okay. And um, you've been involved with uh, Movement is Life for quite a while now, haven't you, on the, uh, on the executive steering group and participating in the programs? Most definitely. Um, gosh, it's been years. I really have, And my exposure and my involvement has kind of morphed it over the time, but definitely it's been several years now. So now your passion really seems to revolve around education and awareness of patients. Could you talk a little bit about what your approach is and why you see that as being so important to complement the surgical side of, of, of what you do in health? Absolutely. Um, I had the pleasure of training in Louisiana and in the places in Louisiana I worked. I worked in New Orleans, but also in South Louisiana, um, in the bayous and home of Louisiana. And 
My first job coming from training was in um, Waycross, Georgia, which is in the southeastern corner of Georgia. And in those places, so often you see people that have had no exposure whatsoever to um, really education and orthopedic care. So I'm a firm believer that if you know better, you will do better. And the first uh, step in doing better is someone making you aware of the situation. And I pride myself on that is when you come into my office, you will leave better informed. No one, none of my patients are ever in the operating room, in the preoperative holding area, not sure of what's having, what's being done. Because if you're aware of what you're facing, you have an opportunity to change that future. And those experiences really made me want to bring that out of my practice and into my daily life. So I do try to do community events. Um, just recently did one last week on educating people about non-operative orthopedic um, care and treatment options. So we can catch you before you have to have that knee replacement if possible, or to at least make sure you're healthy enough to have it done. So I've been surprised, you know, uh, talking to people in Movement is Life and uh, thinking we're going to be talking a lot about um, osteoarthritis and orthopedics and bone stuff. And what surprised me is that we spend a lot of time talking about cardiovascular disease and, and, and mental health as well. Um, could you talk a little bit about that kind of holistic approach and why it's so important? Absolutely. Um, as a surgeon, we're trained to fix bones. Bones broken, me fix. Mm-hmm. But if the entire person isn't taken care of, then that's where a lot of times complications and problems come up. So many of my patients, we do spend a good time speaking about, your, is your blood pressure under control? Diabetes is a huge concern. So it's often the case when your knees start hurting, hurting you more, you get in that vicious cycle of gaining more weight. And before you know it, your diabetes, which used to be controlled at about five or six, is all the way, your hemoglobin A1C is up to nine or 10. So we spend a good amount of time of making sure they understand, okay, what's going on and how important it is to control that. Because if you have diabetes, for instance, that's out of control, then you're not going to do as well with your surgery. On the same vein is when you continue to have out of control diabetes, you've gained weight, you can't do what you want to do, you're isolated, it's very easy to slip into that cycle of depression. Mm. And we know that depression, when you're depressed, you feel pain more and differently. It, it can really affect your outcome even if you can have the surgery. So it's so key that when we as surgeons or we as physicians, when we start seeing those symptoms, hey, we can't be afraid to speak on that. So does that mean that um, it's very important for you to involve um, uh, mental health specialists within the treatment plan? Um, Tell us a little bit about how, what, what, what is the approach to actually, what are the interventions that work in that situation? So many times I do run into uh, a patient that I am concerned that this is more than just a case of a little sads that may be crying, crying very easily or it's changing their sleeping habits that I'm noticing some changes. And I have referred patients directly to um, a mental health professional, um, and 
many times because those health services are so limited in many communities, that isn't an option I really have the luxury to do often. More commonly, it's me dropping a quick note to their primary care doctor or some of the, most of their primary care doctors are actually friends of mine. So I'll reach out to them that way and say, hey, we need to check into that. Also, there's a myriad of resources that we, um, that we sometimes can send people to through mental health agencies nationally that have national uh, contact lines and things like that that can give us some support. But gosh, we have nowhere near the mental health services that we need in this country, and especially not in rural areas. So when it comes to actually um, bringing about some kind of behavior change with your, with, your, with your patients, what are the approaches that you find are, are most helpful for that? Breaking things into small steps is key. Um, one of the most common behavior change items that we have to address is the idea of weight loss. And many of patients may be 40 pounds overweight, but I can't send you out and expect you to lose 40 pounds in three months. What is much more reasonable and what I've had much more results is, is we actually break it down to small bite-sized pieces. So whether it's weight loss, whether it's getting your blood sugars under control, we'll say, okay, 10 pounds in six weeks or 10 pounds in three months. And then I have them come back and we check in to see how they're progressing along that goal. So they have a, they have a sense of accountability because they know Dr. Huff is wondering how they're going to do, but also it's a small enough, a more manageable enough piece where they actually feel and understand that they can achieve it. Same thing if you're trying to bring your blood sugars down or anything like that. Small, with exercises, for instance, I tried to give them one to two simple exercises you can do in front of the television. So when you come back, we add a new one to that. So every time you're getting something new and you're getting something you can go home and practice with, but it's not overwhelming. So do you think your approach is, is typical? No. <laughs> I would love for it to be typical. But as a busy surgeon, I think finding small ways that we can be make a difference is really important because our patients listen to us. Our patients, many patients, even now, it's not still see us as almost like a demigod. <laughs> we're not <laughs> we're above. So it's very important as surgeons to make sure that we don't gloss over those non-operative issues. Even if it's just a two-minute blurb, it makes a huge difference. Well, Tammy, it's been it's been great to uh, to talk with you today and and hear a little bit more about about your overall approach. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, and uh, we look forward to having further discussions. Oh, thank you.